Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's the Autosport Podcast. We review the penultimate day of F1 pre-season testing with lap times tumbling and Gasly shunting. Seven down, one to go. Formula One pre-season testing is almost done and dusted, but there's still a huge amount of action to go. And in fact, today was the quickest day we've seen so far with every single team setting their best time of the whole pre-season to date. I'm your host, Ed Stewart. Joining me to look back on the seventh day of Formula One pre-season testing is first Ben Anderson. Ed, hello. How's testing been for you? It's been good for me. Um, I missed week one, didn't I? So I'm remaining quite refreshed even as we reach the, the end of the eight days, whereas my colleagues around me seem to be slightly hitting the wall, as they would say in marathon terms. This is the, the classic staff rotation thing that they talk about when there's many, many Grand Prix. Yeah, absolutely. We're, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're testing like it's 1999, aren't we? Separate squads coming in and out. Exactly, exactly. You're something, we'll call you a, a super test driver. Alex Verts, Olivier Panis type. Oh, wow. Um, do I take that as a compliment? I think you can take it as a compliment. Good, good. Well-regarded, well-paid professionals. Yeah, yeah. One, one a race winner, one a podium finisher. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll take that. Yeah, yeah I'll take good. that. I'm, yeah. I'm glad you accept it. Good. We can carry on then. 
Also joining me is Jack Cousins, making an all-too-rare appearance on the Old Sport podcast. We were just talking about getting him on more. I briefly attempted to silence him by not giving him a microphone, but he is now fully equipped. You've been on live duty along with Tom Errington, who I've heard on the podcast a few days ago. So three days into the second test, how, how are you standing up? It's, uh, it's an incredibly intense thing to do live, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and it, it's, it's a completely different challenge to... Any other events we've done, like Le Mans, obviously that's that's demanding with with plenty of cars to cover. But you have to be on every bit of data, every lap that's coming in, every tire change that's going on, and which is obviously a, a particularly difficult thing to do this year. Uh, given Pirelli have uh, have used the same colours for a couple of tires. Um, yeah, C four and C five is not easy to tell the difference between. Yeah, yeah, especially three method? days in. Uh, guess uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Because um, C4s are red bands, or red bands, yeah. And C5s stripe. are C5s are basically red bands as well, aren't they? Yeah, and it's a slightly darker colour. We were we were given a great tip by a uh, part of our team on on the first day that it's it's looks a, a bit brown. So that's what we've been looking Has at. Has that for. helped? Definitely, definitely. You can tell the difference when when the cars are going past the speed. So. That's good because you are at a point where the cars are going past at quite some speed, so not the easiest. That's why occasionally it takes a little bit of a while to be certain whether people are on the, the fours or the fives, of course, five being the softest and quickest and one being the, the hardest tyre. Well, let's have a little bit of a look at what happened today. If it was Friday, I'd call it Fast Friday because that would be nice and alliterative. Fast Thursday doesn't quite. quite have the same ring, so <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll happen again tomorrow. But we did see all 10 teams set their fastest times. Uh, Charles Leclerc for Ferrari, a one sixteen two three one was fastest. That was on the uh, on the C fives, the hardest tire. What do you make of, of Ferrari, Ben? You managed to get out trackside a bit today. We've talked in the past about how great that car looks on track, and it still seems to look great, doesn't it? Yeah, it just seems like it can't do any wrong. I know they've had a few niggles over the last few days. Obviously, Vettel had his his uh, his failure uh, yesterday. Leclerc had a stoppage uh, exhaust problem. We understand now curtailed his running today but when the car's been running which has been most of the time let's face it it's, it looks superb um i got to see finally the ferrari and the mercedes out on track together i missed them on uh tuesday on day one of this test because the mercedes had an oil leak and I'm, Bottas I'm, didn't make it out in the i'm afternoon. hoping for the sake of uh autosport season preview magazine which will be out on, on march 7th that we've got some nice photos of the mercedes and the ferrari together yeah it's always a big target i'm sure motorsport images will have been all over that well it was a good opportunity um yeah, Leclerc was was running ahead of Bottas, who closed him down actually at one point and then backed off again. But by and large, the Ferrari looked the more capable package at that point. Obviously, it's only a, a brief snapshot and you don't know the various fuel loads. I know they were on longer runs, both of them. But the impressive thing was Leclerc was on the harder tyre. He was on the, I'm not as adept at deci- deciding between the various compounds, but he was definitely on one of the white walls, so it would have been a one or a two. Uh, Bottas too, too was surely. the two at the time. I, think two, I don't think seen, anyone's really been using that. the one, have yeah, they? So, seen that, so, so by process of elimination, he was on the two, uh, and Bottas was on the one you can definitely tell apart from all, and that's the three. Uh, I guess normally the old soft tyre. Uh, so you would you would expect the Mercedes to be quicker because of that tyre offset. Um, but watching the car's behaviour, the the Ferrari just looked that little bit more lively, changing direction through seven and eight a bit better. Bottas looked like he was struggling with a bit of understeer. The car looked a bit lazier, a bit heavier. Maybe it was running more fuel, but certainly if I had to pick one of the two to be in at the moment, I would pick the Ferrari. 
Well, you mentioned yesterday's crash for Sebastian Vettel at Turn 3. We talked about it on the podcast yesterday. We weren't entirely sure what caused it. We knew it was the front left corner. I'd at that stage seen a, a very small replay of it on a screen a couple of inches across. It was very difficult to, to define it. But we do, Jack, now actually know what caused that crash. Yeah, and Ferrari said uh, yesterday evening that they were going to be doing quite a lot of detailed analysis to find out what happened and that delayed Leclerc going back out on track. Um, the team said earlier today that uh, it was a wheel rim failure, and that was that was as a result of uh, an impact with uh, from a foreign object. So fairly easy to maybe not diagnose, but you know that's a, a routine sort of. What was the foreign box. object? Well, that's a good question. It's a good question, but yeah, answers on the postcard. Some kind of piece of debris, but it, that's consistent with what I saw. So uh, there's no doubt that it was it was a mechanical problem. So that wheel rim is that seems absolutely uh, plausible and, and sensible. Well, we've talked a lot about Ferrari, but there's some other cars out there to, to get into. Big day for Red Bull, perhaps for not the best reasons, Ben. Pierre Gasly came a cropper. Yeah, he had a massive shunt. Certainly the biggest accident of this preseason. Probably edging the Vettel one from yesterday, actually. Um, very similar to the crash Brendan Hartley suffered at last year's Spanish Grand Prix in practice, I think. Um, basically, he, Gasly was on a race run. Uh, coming up the hill through the quick S7 and 8. Uh, and he's trying to get over to the far left of the track to turn into 9 Campser, one of the fastest corners on the circuit. And you you see from uh, onboard footage we've been able to, to look at, he just drops the left rear wheel, as Hartley did, just over the edge of the track, onto the dirt, instantly the car's round, and next thing he knows he's in the barrier. Um, day over for Red Bull. And um, Gasly was quite shaken, actually. I think he said it was... Although he was fine, thankfully, he said it was one of the biggest accidents he's ever had. All throughout testing, we've seen Red Bull, you know, looking really strong, getting plenty of miles in with with the the new Honda engine for for this season. But this has to go down as the most frustrating day for them, doesn't it? Sixty five laps was what Gasly had on the board at the time of his crash, and that's it's not too bad at that point in the afternoon. But Bottas was able to rack up eighty five on his own, uh, just in in one four hour stint, and the pace on those long runs wasn't particularly impressive on the C3 he'd just gone on to the C2 so we didn't really get a chance to see what that was how that was going to end up but even on the performance runs on the the C5 in the morning we were Gasly had a a, a few goes at trying to put in fast time and and the first first one ended up actually being his fastest whereas with the Ferrari you know we were we were able to see improvements every time to end up with the the fastest time that Leclerc set. Yeah, I think we were talking earlier in the week about how you know the Red Bull was matching potentially the Ferrari like for like on the the middle tire, the C3, normally I guess the old soft, um similar lap times, similar behavior on the track, both the cars look, you know, very drivable, um very capable on the circuit. Uh but I think the way Ferrari turned the wick up today They've they've shown there's a clear demarcation in performance between what package they have and the one that Red Bull Honda has, and I think Gasly as well admitted that Leclerc's lap time was beyond Red Bull, even if he had got things together. So that suggested one more day to go in testing. That as much as we'd like to see this season be the the Red Bull Ferrari Mercedes three way battle we've been longing for for a while, still potentially Red Bull are just a bit off the back of those two. How about Pierre Gasly himself? It's his second crash. 
I'm basically going to ask myself a question here. Should we be worried about that? And I would say we've not, we didn't see Gasly make many errors like this last year. Very different circumstances in Toro Rosso, lower pressure up against Brendan Hartley, a good teammate, but not not Max Verstappen. Now he's in the big team with Max Verstappen. It's strange because he's, one of the things that impressed me about him last year is you'd watch him right from the off in free practice and he'd be very aggressive and attacking. But I didn't generally see him making mistakes as a consequence of it. He wasn't sailing past apexes and locking up all over the place. And I spoke to him about how good that was. And he he felt that was one of his strengths. It's interesting, you know, testing is testing. Crashes do happen. He's not the first person, as you mentioned, Ben. We've seen make that mistake at Camps. But a couple of crashes over what works out as four days of running for him isn't isn't ideal preparation isn't it going into what's going to be a huge season in his career yeah it's not ideal preparation but I'd be wary of getting too carried away with the ramifications of the crash or what they say about him or his mindset or his you know situation with the team or the pressure he might be feeling or not feeling going up against Max Verstappen because both of the crashes have been quite odd innocuous ones if you like I know they've had big consequences for the car but the first one, he, he ran over that curb, that bump, coming up to the, I think it's turn 12 hairpin. Quite easy to lose a car there. And he, I don't think he was particularly cracking on. It's not like he's thrown it into the barrier going for a guts out, all important qualifying simulation lap. And today's crash, you know, he was he was doing a race run. He was going at 80%, 70%, whatever. Well, that, well that's something else, more it, if it's a concentration issue. Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't want to attack him. I, I think Gasly's going to do well this year. I've got confidence in him. He's got a lot of ability, but it, you know, it's just, I don't think it's, it means it's going to be a disaster of a season, but obviously but going silly. into a big year, it's just, it's not great to have, have that. I mean, I think if you're the team, you shrug off one, you're like, that's fine. That'll happen. Second one, you'll be a little bit I think they'll be frustrated. annoyed. I think they'll be annoyed. Of course they will. Because you know, as Jack said, it's frustrating. You lose, lose the time, you lose parts, um, repairing the damage. But I see them both as just silly, silly, incidents and which can happen when you're doing so many laps over so many days of the same track you know the drivers obviously they have a fantastic job the best job in the world they love being Formula One drivers but testing as Lewis Hamilton says it's boring for them really you're just pounding round pounding round not really competing not really going for lap times balls out I think anyone can in that situation could have moments where they switch off or maybe not paying full attention um, I'm not saying that's exactly what happened in this case, but they're not the kind of accidents where you think this guy is reaching his limit of driving, and that that would no, be a much bigger concern for the team. Yeah, I think it's just it's just a little extra pressure to to, to put in the locker going into the season. You know, it, it, just every, embarrassing. Every, I think every time drivers it. take a step up a level, it's a new test, isn't it? It's a new level of scrutiny, etc. And Gasly's passed every test, but then you move into a top team. It's the, that's your next test, isn't it? Can you cut it there? So it's uh, if it's, he's, al- if it's always throw- a question of when people kind of start to weaken a little bit. Yeah, I think if he if, if he's still throwing the car into the barriers at, in Melbourne and the other opening races, then I think we start asking big questions about whether this is a step too far. But for now, as, as as far as it's unfortunate and a setback for the team, I don't think we read too much into it in terms of Gasly's uh, state of mind or. Uh, capability to be in that top team. Yeah, something he, he, it's, it just seems strange to me because he hasn't done it much last year, and that's uh, that's a positive in itself. The fact that's uh, that's considered so unusual. Jack, how about Mercedes? Still keeping a, a low profile, but fastest time we've seen so far. Uh, Lewis Hamilton did a one minute eighteen oh nine seven. That was on the second compound, second hardest. Today was really interesting for me, actually, 
now we're, you know, this is the first test for, for me, but now we're a, a couple of days bedded into things. We're getting a bit more efficient on, on our coverage of live and we're being able to do a bit more. So in terms of logging long runs and that was a bit more difficult with Hamilton's in the morning. We didn't have a Ferrari benchmark really to compare to. Leclerc was going for the, the performance runs, but um, even though Hamilton's time is, is the fastest that they've set, Bottas's runs really in the afternoon were the ones that stood out to me. We were, there, there are, there are quite a few standout figures for me. There's, there's a, a 19 lap run. That's, that's about as long as we've seen in this second week so far. There's a five lap stint on, on another set of, of the C2 tires there where he was able to lap within a tenth and a half throughout that, that whole set. Even comparing to the Ferrari, even even though you know trackside, uh, it might have it might have looked a little bit lazier, as as Ben said. The times weren't really showing us that they were they were showing that Bottas was consistently quicker. He'd started his runs a, a little bit earlier, and so probably burnt off a bit more fuel by the time he was coming up to the back of of the Ferrari. But um, another, it's it's really interesting dimension to to throw in and one that i you know don't get to see that often it's a it's a window into your world really ed <laughs> and what an alarming world it is but <laughs> i mean talking about we talk about the characteristics of the ferrari and the mercedes on track now the fact that mercedes looks a little bit lazier a little bit less lively isn't unusual is it we have seen the ferrari has looked to the eye more often the the well-planted sorted car over the past few years if, if anything, and the Mercedes quite often in testing looks a little bit less responsive, and there are some reasons for that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I look at it and I think Mercedes probably not quite as strong as we're normally used to them. But you know, if you tie correct that Hamilton run, it chucks him up to second place, a few tenths behind Leclerc. So, yeah, you know, th- there's no. It looked in the first test there might be some reasons to be very concerned about Mercedes, but now it's more just a bit. Are you giving a few tenths away, isn't it? Yeah, I think this sec- this second test spec of Mercedes is much closer to being on the money than the first car was. A sneeze from the adjacent kitchen that may have been picked up there. Well, I, th- I think that's some video editing going on there from uh, from Luke Hinsel. For once, it's not Jake Boxall leg making noise with cooking. No, do you know he's refused? Out- to, he's refused to cook tonight. Yeah, no outwash or inwash pasta for us tonight. Yeah. It's going to be uh, disgraceful. Go, go and go and hit the local Italian restaurant, which is obviously what you do when you're in Spain. We haven't but, had enough tapas. No, we have no, no tapas. There's been actually. nowhere near enough tapas. No, I think it's going to be pizza tonight, isn't it? So yeah, apparently so. Apparently Italian tapas flavor. Tomorrow. Anyway, I digress. You digress. Yes, um, Mercedes versus Ferrari. The, the, well, the Ferrari has looked like a, a very strong handling car since really the 2017 rules came in. Uh, that remains the case. Um, you know, the, the perspective I got from trackside, it did look like the Ferrari was a bit more agile, better through the direction change. The Mercedes did look lazier, but obviously that is a single snapshot of one part of the track. Um, and I don't, I don't know what fuel loads they were on. They were obviously in slightly different phases of their longer runs. I think this period of Bottas's running was later than the bit that you refer to in terms of lap times. And there was a stage where he was closing down Leclerc when I was watching, but. There was a tire offset because the clerk was on the harder C2 tire and Bottas was on the the, the C3. So, given how um, well the Ferrari was able to m- maintain its pace relative to Bottas for most of that run, and given 
the behavior it seemed to exhibit um advantageously over the mercedes at the corner i was watching it suggested that ferrari was a slightly better handling package as i say there could be fuel reasons for the understeer that i was detecting in bottas's car could also be a function of the the you know the basic philosophy the mercedes is a longer car doesn't run as much rake perhaps that plays into the general handling characteristics and pays him back elsewhere on the circuit that levels things out um it's certainly encouraging i was interested to learn the the long run time analysis from jack and it does suggest that mercedes are, are much closer to being in the the game with ferrari than perhaps it's looked earlier in testing obviously what we don't know yet is how well the car performs on the softer compounds with some of that fuel dumped out it would have been nice to see hamilton and leclerc going at it i guess in the way that many of the midfield runners did earlier today but there's one day to go and it's the last piece missing from the the picture really isn't it in terms of where we we judge mercedes performance to be at i certainly agree with you ed that i don't think mercedes are as strong this preseason as they have been in previous preseasons. And that's no disaster. We're still only talking maybe a few tenths off Ferrari at worst, um, potentially their level. Um, but I would still, at the moment, uh, edge it towards Ferrari ever so slightly. I'd agree with that. And it'd be, it'd be interesting tomorrow if we see uh, any more pace from Ferrari. I'm sure there's a, there's certainly a well, more minute 15 in that car. Well, the clerk said, didn't no he, question. There, there definitely was time in the tank. So that car can go quicker. And, and it does look the best car out on track. And the Mercedes, I'm not totally convinced about the handling of the car yet obviously it's a quick package but then that would also make sense because they are essentially four days behind in terms of understanding their car compared to uh, Ferrari and Red Bull who are testing largely the evolutions of the same concept they introduced for week one so there's some still some work going on at Mercedes to understand exactly how that car works and and dial the setup in. Jack let's look outside the top three I think we're all kind of in agreement that Ferrari's ahead and then Mercedes and Red Bull a little bit behind but exactly where we're not quite sure yet we did see lots of performance runs from the midfield clump should we say Lando Norris was the quickest of them third fastest overall a one minute 17.084 that's on the, the softest oh no no you see you just point this is what happens when I put my glass of water on my piece of paper yeah. this is this I've, is what we pay for live people to do isn't I, it? exactly yeah to know I've, I've, I've hidden Alexander Alban under a glass yeah. This is terrible. Yes, How does so, he feel about that? I don't know. I think he, well, he's uh, he's obviously under scrutiny. I'm trying to magnify him or something, but uh, no, that's... Uh, he magnified him so well you couldn't effect. see him. Exactly, so that's gone well. Uh, I don't think anyone will notice, though. Well, Alexander Alban, second fastest, uh, 1 minute 16.882 seconds on the on compound five, the softest uh, softest tyre, ahead of Lando Norris, who was a couple of tenths back on the same compound in the, in the McLaren. There's this whole load of midfield cars there covered by it's about a second back to Roman Grosjean and the Haas is the the slowest of them in terms of the the quickest time set by each car would you like to untangle the midfield for us Jack there is there's almost one point for for each team in there at the moment isn't it we've discussed this this evening really that we we think the Toro Rosso and the McLaren are probably towards the upper end of where they're going to be on pace um Toro Rosso certainly looks to have taken a, a step forward from last year Obviously, it's it's got a bit of a helping hand from from Red Bull. Honda's made progress, obviously, coming into this season, so that's perhaps to be expected. All week we've sort of avoided saying that these are glory runs that we're seeing from McLaren, but it's it's very clear that they are doing an outlap, uh, one quick lap, and then straight back into the pits with these runs. And again, it's it's perhaps not coincidence that these two guys who went quick today are, are full blown rookies. 
and the Norris and Alexander Albon. So they're getting it's, low fuel. It's in their interest to put them out in something that's full dynamism yeah, cars. Aren't you don't they? need adjusted quality sim. It's just like right, this is a quality simulation. You need to get them through them. Absolutely, but but we've also seen McLaren do that with signs yesterday. So I, f- I feel like that's more of a it's a a team trend. They would they you know they've got sponsors to impress. Well, I, I think I think it's one of those things that there's always a benefit in knowing how the car behaves on on low fuel. You never know. We had Gary Anderson talking about this that he's had experience with Jordan when they didn't run on low fuel in qualifying show and they suddenly found the balance was all over the place and they had to go and do some do some testing with with uh, with, with the softer tyres to try and get a feel for it. So particularly important with the rookie drivers, like you say, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's you want to get a feel for that bite and the, how lively the car is and how it yeah. feels. You know, that's a but also the tyre preparation as well. You know, oh, very much a, so. It's, it's so important to know the full procedure of how you. You have one shot to warm the tyres up and then bang, hit the lap, and then you're done. And um, ideally still have it alive in the final sector, which is particularly important yeah. here with that the traction event out of the last uh, of the last chicane. And we've seen rookies struggle with that throughout seasons. It's something Kevin Magnussen struggled with when he came into Formula 1. It's something Lance Stroll struggled with when he came into Formula 1. So um, these drivers, they need that they need that full simulation. They can't really They can't really afford to fall back on any kind of experience that says, oh, well, you know, if we just allow you know, so many tents for this much fuel and this, that and the other. Um, it's going to be a completely alien feeling to them compared to, you know, Q1 in Melbourne. Well, that's an excellent digression I uh, created there, Jack. Would you like to return to untangling the, the midfield without me interrupting you? Well, just looking down the list again, Gasly's a bit of an outlier there in, in the middle of that pack. And then, then we had the two Renaults. They were pretty evenly matched. Ricardo Hulkenberg didn't quite beat his time from the last day no. of week one did he but Ricardo snuck in there in the afternoon to complete the set of teams setting their fastest times and Renault went a bit um what's the best way to describe it maybe off trend shall we say they they put Ricardo in the car in the afternoon and went for more performance runs where every other team was was logging long runs and that suggests um, maybe there might be a, a, a few tents to come from Renault because regardless of fuel and everything else, generally the track is faster in the morning. So um, for Ricardo to do that time in the afternoon, probably that. And it was windier as well. I could feel the wind picking up as I went down to watch. So I imagine there's more time than we've seen from Renault in that car. But it still looks like a, a fairly tidy car at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, then we come to Racing Point. Uh, Lance Stroll was was uh, in the car today for them crucially for their pre-season preparations first time they've they've surpassed the 100 lap mark so uh a good day until three laps after that when stroll stopped out on track um with a, a sensor issue he said at the end of the day but um we're i think we're expecting that car to change a fair bit still aren't we before we get to the, the first race of the season perez was was saying yesterday uh that it's been a bit frustrating to have this lack of running, but is how much difference is that going to make when we come to Melbourne and, and the car has X many new parts on it? I don't know. I'd imagine it would it would take a fairly substantial leap forward, knowing how well that team operates and what they're capable of doing. Um, you would expect them to to slot in ahead of Toro Rosso and McLaren. I would say in the upper midfield group. I get the feeling from talking to people. Um, in the midfield battle, if you like, that even though it's very close as a spread across the teams, there's kind of two groupings emerging and you've got kind of Renault, Haas, Alpha 
as the kind of midfield leaders. And then you've got Toro Rosso, McLaren, Racing Point um, as the next three. And there's not a big difference there, but there's a, a, a small difference of kind of overall performance. And of course, there's Williams off the bat. I'm quite enthusiastic about Haas at the moment. Clearly, they haven't set any particularly stellar times. Roman Grosjean's quickest one was a 17.854, but that was on compound four, which is the, the second softest tyre. Pirelli have put the, the gap from the C4 to the C5 at 0.6, which seems a bit high based on what I've seen. But, you know, if you can put, put three tenths on it, four tenths on it, that whacks it up the midfield order a fair bit. And they generally tend to run a reasonable amount of fuel, as we saw last year, even when doing some of their performance runs. So I think Haas is, uh, is looking in, in very, very tidy shape. Just, yeah, a, just yeah. a good workable car, much like last year. Yeah, absolutely. They don't seem to have thrown baby out with the bathwater under the new regulations for 2019 kept the, the strong handling characteristics from last year that you mentioned um I mean, if you take that tire offset it it puts Grosjean kind of in the in the gap between Ricardo and Stroll but a late late show probably not the best of the track they had a long delay with an exhaust problem the same issue that stopped Leclerc out on track late on so um and of course, Magnussen in the morning was doing something completely offset compared to the rest of the midfield. So you'd imagine actually that the the Haas is a lot quicker than than it looked today. Um, yeah, very tidy package. I think that's that's one of the one of the favourites in the midfield battle. A real Renault botherer potentially. Well, the Class B Championship looks like something as exciting as ever. How about Class C? Or currently occupied by one Williams. Ho- one horse race. <laughs> How are things going for Williams, Jack? What have they been up to? Russell, I think, ended ended the day fairly positive with the amount of mileage that that he'd uh, been able to cover. It was a hundred and hundred thirty, was it, from memory? One hundred thirty plus laps, it wasn't was it? One hundred thirty, yeah, definitely towards <laughs> the upper end. Lots of yeah, laps, yeah, somewhere in the. He must be knackered now, um, but came out at the end of that and admitted that Williams is basically behind his rivals at the moment and he said we, i'd be lying if i said we weren't slowest didn't he <laughs> yeah exactly and actually ed that's a it's a ridiculously short answer from me but you've been looking at, at williams in a bit more detail today so where do you what's what situation are they in at the moment it's not great for them they're obviously they're behind paddy Lowe said today that they're on target by the end of tomorrow to get through all the laps and tyres that they expected to. They may well get through all the tyres they Was that Paddy to. Lowe or Paddy Moe? <laughs> Not Paddy Moe, our, our resident robotic mower in our uh, in our villa near Barcelona. No, Paddy, Paddy Lowe. But I mean, they're going to end up with a reasonable number of laps. They could even overhaul Force India slash Racing Point. Let's see how I covered up for getting that now called Racing Point there. Uh, You're getting there, into, Yeah, there's only about there are 40-odd laps overall behind Racing Point. So they're in, in the spread. I'm sure if they'd done the full eight days rather than five and a half days, they would have aim to do a few more laps than that but at least they're getting the mileage in the car does seem to be reliable Paddy said they had one problem which was in last week's test that cost them a little bit of track time car disappeared into the garage and uh, didn't come back out for a good, for a few hours but it's been a clean week this week yeah hasn't it, so, so it's so clean far. the car's reliable the car works it's balanced i would say yeah, I, I got to see russell as, as obviously he was pounding around doing so many laps he was one of the ones i definitely got to see in my brief foray track side but it, it does noticeably look like it's lacking downforce um it was, well, it was a, there was an interesting comparison watching him uh running at the same time as leclerc and not too far apart and 
the clerk was hunting the, well, hunting the Williams down and say just you know quickly closing up on it um, and you could see Russell go through seven and eight no particular problems um, all fine but you could hear the massive lift he would need to get through Campser um, in good order whereas the clerk was piling into Campser flat or near flat um, and that's all about downforce isn't it um, so Williams would be happy that the car at least is behaving itself it hasn't got any signs of obvious massive rear instability like they they had last season um, they had a massive problem in Barcelona in fact um, so they'll be pleased they kind of cured some of the the more evil traits of last year's car but they are lacking overall performance that's clear from trackside no very much so I think my impression of, of Williams is you know it's 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 bad that they didn't have the car ready in time clearly you know it happens everyone's tight but everyone else managed it Williams didn't that's not a catastrophic problem if you get going and do the mileage they've at least done the mileage more concerning the car isn't that quick yeah I think if you're that, late that's a bigger concern I think if you're late you'd, you'd want to be late for a reason that says wow we've got an amazing car and we just needed a couple more days to finalise it and then bang you, you hit the ground running with a better package than you otherwise would have done it's disappointing if you're late and the car is off the back that suggests more deep rooted problems yeah, yeah. And, me. and at this stage they had a disastrous season last season for me, the key is you know you could have a you could have a bad start. They're going to have a bad start to the season. You can have a you can have a bad bad start to the season, which is the car doesn't really work at all, and you're heading into a season where you're going to flounder around, which is what happened last season and may yet happen this season. If they start struggling, but the car does work as it appears to have so far, if they understand it, it's doing all the stuff they want it to, and they can gradually build downforce onto it. That's okay. They can make something of the season. That for me is is the key. There's lots of speculation, speculation about Paddy Lowe's future, etc. For me, the the measure of the team will be if they can get more out of that car and have a good steady progression as as the year progresses. It's still a but bit touch have, and go. But they haven't done that really since 2014, have they? That's, that's the last that's season. The they, they had a really really impressive development curve, and uh, I think they were second half of the season they were even out developing Mercedes weren't they closing the gap certainly in overall performance terms but I, uh, but yeah. that I think that that's the peak isn't it ever since then it's been and gradual chipping back. away Pat Simmons got frustrated with the kind of pace of development and success of the rate of development and we saw last season you know what a mess they got themselves into and it's all very well having a, a you know a slow but sensible basic package but you know, do they have enough resources to develop the car effectively through the season? Will they actually add any performance to it meaningfully as they go on? When I say that, relative to the opposition, it will obviously be developing themselves. You have no idea. Um, and that has to be a big concern when you're already so far off the what is a very competitive and massively improving pack. Now, the, the current direction is worrying. And there needs to be some good signs. Seeing that there's time for it to go somewhere it's not necessarily headed for disaster this season but you know we, we need to see that pace Paddy Lowe wouldn't comment on what the pace of the car is I mean what could he say about it he said he says we haven't seen the full performance of the car maybe not but they could <laughs> could bone a fair bit of time on it and it'd still uh, still be struggling so yeah, yeah well even even if if we if we suggest that Albon has shown the full pace of the Toro Rosso in his hands at 16.8 today and Russell's done an 18.1. Do we really think that 1.3 seconds is what Williams are holding in reserve? No, no I doubt not. it. I, I, you know, that they will be 
properly off the back of the, the mid-pack. It's going to be a, a tough season. Just have to hope for their sake that they are on, on a path that's going to yield some benefit. I'll just correct myself from earlier. Actually, George Russell did 140 laps rather than 130 wow. 130 laps. plus. Yeah, you were right. with your. We covered ourselves. You're right. When you yeah. said 130 plus, did you, was you just doing it with the, aim, with the aim of you're wrong, but you sounded confident. So. It's better to be vague than be wrong, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I'm just doing that thing of just sounding sounding certain there. So there we go. But 140 laps for, for Williams. Well, there's one more day of testing to come. So thank you, Ben Anderson and Jack Cousins, for your contributions. Uh, it's just everyone checks out autosport.com for all the latest news from Formula 1 in the world of motorsport. Plenty of news from testing there. Our plus subscriber area. Loads of in-depth features, again, covering everything. I've done a piece on, on Williams from speaking to Paddy Lowe earlier today. That's up there and live now. And there's, there's other stuff you can dig into. We've had well, more than one feature a day with technical features, all sorts for you to get your teeth into there. And check out Autosport magazine. There's a new issue out today, Thursday, which looks at the first test. So you can catch up on all the uh, all the past testing there and really get a feel for how we got to where we are today. And do check out sister titles, motorsport.com, Motorsport News out every Wednesday and F1 Racing out monthly. Now, F1 Racing, it's a massive bumper. Season preview issue is on the shelves now. There's loads to read in there. So get yourself to a news agent and you shall be able to have a read of that and really get a feel for where we are heading into the season and I would suggest for the sake of Jack Cousins tomorrow if you've got a little bit of time stick on Autosport Live have it on in the background you're able to follow what's going on in testing and then you'll know if Lewis Hamilton's on the C2 compound or the C3 compound any minute of the day you can't put a price on that hopefully <laughs> hopefully. hopefully you'll know <laughs> excellent well uh, well good luck for, for live tomorrow thanks for joining us we'll be back soon with another Autosport podcast Music is 6am by Trilo, written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com forward slash Trilo Music. Redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun with over eighty casino style games to choose from. You too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.